This episode has been brought to you by our friends over at CMB Law. If you find yourself in a tight spot and you need an attorney to trust, call Courtney over at CMB Law, 941-747-4440 or 941-725-9457. You can also visit her site at cmbjustice.com. CMBJustice.com. Again, that's Courtney at CMB Law. Tell them that Thomas Free Me sent you from the Thomas Free Me podcast show. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a moment to thank all my subscribers and listeners that dedicate a little bit of time just to hear what I got to say. Thank you so much, but the struggle is real and it continues. Please spread awareness. And do your part by making sure that you are subscribed and liking each of the episodes that you listen to. Share my episodes and and spread awareness of my channel and what it is that I'm doing. These things, these little things right here is what helps me grow and helps sponsorship come my way as I am a struggling ex-con. I appreciate the support, the love, and thank you so much for tuning in. More to come. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Thomas Free Me with the Thomas Free Me TV and podcast show. I brought back a longstanding friend of the show. He's been on a couple episodes. If you haven't caught them, please do go back and check them out. And um, today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, just some of uh, federal securities, what goes on inside of federal prisons, some of our anxieties as inmates. Um, especially during wartime and when we knew that there was conflict about. So, uh, Paul, how you doing, man? Good. Thank you. How's life been for you? Very good. I can't complain. For those that don't um, know you, give a, just give a brief introduction of who you are and a little bit of what you've been through. Well, uh, I just got out of prison this year. February last year actually February the 5th almost been a year now and uh, I had a life sentence without parole and I was uh, resentenced and given um, time served Mm -hmm. after uh, almost 30 years Mm -hmm. and you um you suffered a little bit of trauma in your life as well, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, before I got locked up, I was shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that coming along for you? You were shot in the face, right? True. Yes, I was. How's all that and, coming for you? Well, I got all the medical things fixed, you know, uh, after I got out. Because, you know, the BOP, don't, they don't really uh, handle all the cosmetic issues. So mm-hmm. I got that straightened out. Mm-hmm. And you went into prison with this, with this wound, right? True. I got, I got locked up at the hospital mm. and I never seen the light of day. Basically long story short, I want to make a drug deal and uh, I was shot and robbed and I got away and, uh, 
I wound up going to the hospital and not knowing the robbers spun a web and got me charged up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so today, go ahead, partner. Not many people get shot and robbed and don't say who shot them and robbed them. And that, I guess, one against me too, you know? So here I am in the hospital victim, but the uh, authorities don't know that. And uh, basically, uh, I was charged with attempt murder, and I was the one that was shot. <laughs> you see how I sent you the uh, about the interview with the guy with the seven life sentences for marijuana? Yes, that's crazy, you know, especially, you know, given the fact that marijuana is legal in a lot of places throughout the country. But we're united. This is the United States, though. And one man can smoke a blunt in one state and another man gets seven life sentences in another. You know, it's crazy when we look at it from that perspective. But when we look at it from the lawmakers' perspective, they're doing exactly what they plan to do to oh, yeah. generate to generate money for the military industrial complex, the prison complex, and basically make money off of uh, human beings' lives. The same way they have always had throughout history, especially in this country since the Civil War. And it's going on again right in front of our eyes with the, uh, um, the war on the virus that was declared by Trump. Yeah, you know, I, I did a, a podcast with um, a guy named Tanawa, gentleman named Tanawa, and we've been going over the Constitution. And, and it's, it's like he says, you know, we've, we're constantly being hit with just a wave of terror, of fear, consistently. You know, whether it's the war on drugs, just war on drugs, what all wars have we declared on on our citizens? The war on drugs, this this war, war on war on terrorism, war. There's always a war going on some some kind of way, you know, to keep us to keep us in fear. But with it's us, not about fear so much is to keep us from the common law portion of the Constitution, because every time they declare a war on something, you can forget about your constitutional rights as you know them. Well, that's what they want us to believe, is that we don't no, have constitutional rights. Well, when they put us under that category of uh, uh, the declaration of war, like, let's, let's talk about the war on drugs. When they declare a war on drugs in the 70s, that gave them the legal right to violate my constitution and put me in prison the way they did because they did not abide by my constitutional rights only when they're winding that war down do they slowly reinstate those constitutional rights well where in the constitution does it state that that during wartime or during any that where in the constitution does it state that the the executive branch has executive powers to override your constitutional rights well Okay, 
when they declared a war on the virus just not too long ago, you see how they stopped people from going to church. You see how they mandating masks and, and they're slowly implementing the vaccine. Well, just like Alan Dershowitz said, they can make you take that vaccine. Well, under the common law portion of the Constitution and Article 3 court and all that, no, they can't. But under that declaration of war on the virus, they're operating under a different set of rules and procedures. Now they can. You know, so it's just a matter of time before they either do it or they try to do it and the people rebel. Well, it's it's again, this goes back to the, the conversation that that uh, Mr. Tanawa and I had where that's ex- you're, you're right in what you say, because we have left the realm of constitutional law and we've entered into judicial law where judges are creating law with their opinions. Right. We follow judicial law more than we follow constitutional law. When people are citing law, they're not pulling up constitution. They're pulling up what judges' opinions are. And that has turned the tide away from our constitution more into a, a government you know, society. So we today think that we don't have these rights or that they have the right to take away. Now, what happened from my understanding is when 9-11 came and then the, the, the Patriot Act was introduced now under the label of terrorism, right? Everything that was going on in Guantanamo Bay and such, but under the label of terrorism, we're subjected to no rights constitutionally. But there, there is, constitu- there, there is a, a, a ruling that that isn't so, that even though that they are in Guantanamo Bay and labeled as terrorists, they still have certain amount of rights. And they actually have more rights than what we have here in America as prisoners. Now, the thing is this, under the war on terror, they locked those combatants up on the battlefield, legally dressed in their military clothes, and they held them in Guantanamo Bay indefinitely without no, you know, court hearing or whatever. And and when the war on terror is winding down, then they will be released. And look, in the, over the last year or so, they've been systematically slowly released because the war on terror is winding down and they will have more rights given back to them. And, you know, their constitutional rights, anybody here that falls under that war on terror they can go up in your house, search your house without a warrant. They can t- detain you indefinitely. Under well, this is what I was just going to say. I don't know if the war on terror is winding down because I'm seeing more and more cases of domestic terrorism. I've never even heard of anybody being charged with domestic terrorism except for the last right. five or six years. Right, right, right. Well, that's the last rung. I mean, you know, like, like a grand finale. Every war has like a grand finale. You know, let all the fireworks off. You know what I mean? The war on drugs. You know what the grand finale was? The war on drugs. 
they just flood the streets with their Oxycontin, get everybody addicted to that, and then they pull it back. And then everybody that was addicted to Oxycontin is going to get the street heroin. And when they get that, what look what they get. They get fentanyl in there and they OD. So they get a two for one. They get a lot of people addicted and then they pull it back and then they're doing fentanyl and dying. That's the, like the grand finale. So to turn the discussion on to what we were, we were uh, getting into today, us being inmates inside of these institutions, these government institutions, right? Being locked away with no control whatsoever of, of any kind of escape or freedom, you know, so it's us knowing these things, like how, how does that affect us? What, what, what are some of your thought processes, knowing what you know, being locked away in a cell behind a door? Well, you know, like I, I wanted to get out before they start stop, started instituting more stringent policies dealing with the vaccine because I knew there would come a time with this virus, fake virus, and fake deaths that they're scaring people and marking deaths up as COVID and this, that, and the other. So they say, see, look, he's dying, he's dying, he's dying. And they're dying of heart attacks, they're dying of cancer, they're dying of gunshots. And they're being counted as COVID. But they need these deaths to say, look, COVID, the bad guy, you know, it's killing people. So they can implement all their other policies. This is not about a virus. This is about a vaccine. Okay. You know, don't take your eye off the ball here. The the whole psych, all of these psychological plays they're doing is about the vaccine. All these different ploys implement fear to get you to do it if that don't work give financial incentive if that don't work oh you can't get a job you can't get this operation you can't get treated for cancer you know all these implement uh, uh, these psychological elementary games that they're in that they're implementing the average person don't even see it so you know and me sitting in prison, like, I know it's coming. And those guys are still on lockdown, most of them, since this whole thing started with the COVID. And uh, they're going to start maybe forcing them, prisoners, to take the vaccine or they don't get visits or they don't get out their cell. They got to stay locked in their cell. So basically, they stay locked in their cell 24 hours a day if they don't get the vaccine. So they're going to, and then when they get tired of that, they don't get the vaccine, then they're going to force it on them. And, you know, the Supreme Court might be hearing something about uh, mandating vaccines for jobs or something with OSHA or whatever, but Supreme Court, they ain't going to. I don't, I don't see them getting involved really too heavily. And they're going to let everybody have their way, you know, because this whole thing is a worldwide thing. All the UN members are all on board. You know, go get your vaccines. They want everybody to get them. And I want everybody to get them too. Because if they're stupid <laughs> enough to get that damn vaccine, they don't need to be living on this planet anyway. 
Well, the thing of it is with me is everybody, I just want everybody to have their freedom of choice. You know, I don't care what the next person does. Okay, right, right. You know but what I mean? I don't free? care. If, if they exactly. feel safer with their life going and getting the vaccine, then more power to you. You know, right. I want you right. to feel comfortable with your life, but don't force it on me. Don't tell me that I have to take it to save your life and all of this stuff, man, because one is not going to work with me. You know what I mean? If I choose to take it, it's going to be under my own my own decision-making process. Right. If it was a vaccine, but it's not a vaccine, that's the whole kicker. I mean, I'm calling it a vaccine because that's what we're talking about. You know, but it's not a vaccine as we're used to and we know of. You know, this is something, the whole new ball game right here. This is, you know, this alternate, this, this alters your body. So basically, under the Supreme Court ruling in 2012, anybody that takes this vaccine is no longer a human being. They are, they are basically owned. And I believe I sent you that Supreme Court ruling, you know, with the MRA technology. They are a patented product now. And so they're no longer even considered human being and that falls under, you know, constitutional law or anything. They're patented products now because of that patent that's being held in that technology that created that uh, vaccine. So these people are not, uh, are not even considered human anymore by the Supreme court, you know, cause they knew this was coming. Supreme court ruled on that in 2012. I sent you the link. Did you see it? Yeah. You'll have to send it back to me so I could put it in the descriptions to this video. Yeah. So all y'all got that vaccine. You're not human no more. And they may be happy for that. Again, like I say, you know, I don't want, I do not want this thing to, again, be another instrument of division amongst the people. I don't outcast anybody for their decisions. You know what I mean? And again, right. I don't want to be ostracized for my decisions as well. I want us American citizens to understand what these people are doing to us, you know, um, and just come together, you know, and unite. So I'm not I'm not going to allow them to cause any more division or strife. You know, it's 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 come together because it's I understand, late. you know, Paul, I understand people are scared. They don't know what to do. You know what I mean? They don't have the correct information. So I understand, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want anybody to feel, you know, ostracized for, for what they think may be the right choice. You know what I mean? They don't know what they don't know. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, these, these, these type of cliches and metaphors and, and euphemisms have been used for thousands of years, you know, and they're there for, for a reason because these are wise quotes you know, ignorance is bliss, but at the end of the day, how how blissful is it? You know, when you're, you know, when when the shit's hitting the fan. And and again, as inmates, like some of my thought processes sitting in this cell, I, I promise you, every cell that I've ever been in, locked behind a door, I've studied every corner, every inch of that cell, just to figure out if 
and when the event of anything was to happen, how do I hell do I get out of this cell? You know what I mean? How do I get out of this cell? How do I get out? I can't fit through this little sliver of a window. These are our 400 pound steel doors. You know what I mean? With, with the greatest of locks on them that it would, that's all accessible from outside the cell. I can't access anything from inside the cell. I have no tools. How do I get out? Well, just like a, a test case on that was uh, Beaumont. Remember when the hurricane went through? The floods. Yeah, the hurricane. Those guys were trapped in there. Yep. And a lot of them died. And, it, and it flooded to the second floor. And a lot of them died because they didn't get their medication and all their their uh, insulin or whatever, you know. And basically, they and their toilets didn't work, you know. So how they go in the bathroom, you know, they had to break out that window you're talking about, that little sliver of a window. And uh, so some guards, you know, was still working there, and they handed out water and did what they could, but. The courts did nothing. No, you know what they did is they, they, what they did was they locked the institution down. They locked all the inmates in their cells and the, they, they took off. They left. There was a few uh, guards that stayed for emergency purposes, but it was a ghost town. And all these inmates were locked in these cells for whatever happened, you know, so. Let's um let's talk a little bit about about the uh the story that I posted that you you wanted to come on and talk about about you know the 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 gas lines and such in the federal institutions. Yeah, you know, I mean, as you know, it's always been talk what what would have happened when they um you know, would they ever do something like that? And the word that circulated was if foreign soldiers ever came on this soil that they basically would put us as prisoners to death which you know because they think that we would be combatants enemy combatants against them since we're prisoners that's not necessarily the case you know what i mean you know i don't think anybody any prisoner would want to see a foreign government say whether it be china come and take over they would still fight for this country against the enemy and then deal with their internal enemy at a later date you know what i mean but i don't think they would just give up like that and um so but basically they were saying they would put uh the prisoners to death and that's basically what you're referring to was about that uh how they would gas uh the prisoners yeah, we always heard, I always heard that it would, it was, uh, you know, mid, medium security and higher, all medium security and higher inmates would be, would be exterminated if in the event we were ever invaded because right. of the reason that you gave, because they, they would be feared that the prisons would be overran and they would, you know, release the inmates and, and triple their numbers, you know. Um, how about freeing some of them? Let's do that. <laughs> Let's try that. But so I, I don't know. 
I've never seen any documentation to prove that, but it is always, it was always known. And every inmate knows that, you know what I mean? That in that event, that's what the, that's, you know, that's what the shoots are for the doors. You know, they say that they're food shorts, you know, shoots or whatever, but you open the shoot, you're, you're access to, to anything, you know? Um, there's always lines, these lines running through as, as we're talking about, um, and they're red lines and they have poison stickers on them and such. And they're all, they're running through the roofs, you know, in some institutions where the roofs are open, you can see the lines being ran, but we always question like, what are these, you know, what are these, you know, what are those lines? What, what are they doing? You know, it's their way to implement the gas, the poison gas. You know, but these are just some of the anxieties that we just deal with every day. You know what I mean? Just day in and day out, you know, amongst amongst so many others. But you, you just don't know. You know, what is that? That's the question. What happens if we were you know, to go into a war? What happens to, to our inmates? You know. Well, if something ain't figured out, then they would be put to death. You know, because if you leave it up to this government that that we have, they already try to put us to death by giving us a, a, a death sentence, life or seven life sentences. So to kill us would be a lot easier for them. So you think that they wouldn't do that, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right, my friend. They've they've you know, they've showed more they've showed more that they're that they're able to do something like that than they're not. You know what I mean? This one thing about Uncle Sam, he's very unforgiving. Mm. What did Hillary say? Collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. But um you know, the only thing that's protecting us is so many people in this country have guns. That's the only thing keeping Uncle Sam from actually doing what he wants to do. Yeah, and you see it's what they're no, going to try to get them. It's slowing him down. Put it that way. It's slowing down. They're going to come and get those guns. Believe me, they're coming and getting those guns. Okay. First, they're making the the uh, the, the ammunition shortage. That's all been created intentionally. They're coming to get them guns. Trust me when I tell you. And the way they're going to do it is they're going to do it under the umbrella of the war on the virus. What they're going to do is they're going to cause problems in society where they have to bring in the military or National Guard. And then once they bring in the military or National Guard on the skies to help, they're going to quarantine off areas all because the virus is getting out of control. Many deaths. People won't get vaccinated. Okay, all these reasons to quarantine off areas. And then once they quarantine off areas, you have people, the food shortage is already starting in, 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 in stores. Look on the shelves. Okay, I predicted that many months ago. I think the last time we talked. You did. You did. And, uh, you did, partner. Yes, I did. Now I'm telling you what's going on. You and did. So you when said they it. Do, when they do that, you're going to have people, the, the alpha males in, in our society, 
mainly your gangs and whatnot, ain't going to tolerate it. And they're going to want to, you know, stretch arms, get their food and get this and get that. And now the war, the war, the uh, military done quarantine off areas. Then what you have, you have, you have fighting in the streets. Okay. Then once that starts now, that is their excuse to come door to door and start taking guns or forcing vaccines. Yeah. But not only that, they, they, that's what, that's what they want us to do. If, if, if God forbid anything, some civil unrest was to, to arise to that, to that extent, we would wipe ourselves out so much that they, they wouldn't even need to come in and do anything else. They would have control. We would, we would wipe out our own, our own people because we would be arguing with each other and, and, it's just that because there's no unity with us, you know, we'd be arguing yeah. about what sides Well, I'm going to be on the white side. I'm going to be on the black side. I'm going to be on the left side. I'm going to be on the right side. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than I'm any- going to be on the vaccinated side. I'm going to be on the unvaccinated side. It's Look how many that. groups that's, yeah. that's eight groups right there. Six groups. Yeah. But what they're going to do is, Basically, all your military's got the vaccine, so yeah. or they're getting they're getting pushed out. So basically, all of them got the vaccine, so they don't have no problem forcing you down and and putting in your arm. So basically, the military is going to be vaccinated, and they're going to do what they they're told. What they're doing is they're trying to get military leaders in place that will obey their commander. And not the Constitution. Yes. And they want police to do the same thing. That's why they caused all this problem where they get these police doing this and that. And they're causing, oh, this police killed this person or that person. And they have all these police problems. So the government can come in and say, okay, we're going to train the police. We're going to nationalize the police. They want nationalized police so it makes it easier for them to say, hey, go get the guns because your local sheriff ain't going to take the guns. Well, no, that's why, again, that's another conversation that we were having is the police state that we're in, you know, and how unconstitutional it is to have these combat uh, tanks rolling down in our neighborhoods because the Patriot Act allowed your local police departments to militarize, you know. So now right. we have we have trained military cops that are, are in our quarters, in our, in our communities, patrolling our streets. I mean, you know, you see it. All the communities see these people coming through with tanks and it's an army. The only difference is, is one says police, the other one says, you know, uh, whatever, but all under the guise of protect and serve all under the guise of for the people, you know, What was Hitler telling? But what was Hitler telling the Jews to get them to get into the showers and whatnot? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's okay. Everything's all right. You guys are going to paradise. You're gonna love it in there. It's beautiful. And what? Hey, and what did he do before he put him on a train? He took all the guns. Well, of course, First they got a gun registry. They got a gun registry, and then they went door to door taking the guns. Well, I mean, that's the that's the communist manifesto. You know what I mean? That's the communist manifesto. One is to create atheism so that the people don't believe in anything. You know what I mean? And two is is to create censorship so that the people know that they can't speak out 
And then after that, you have complete control. You just come in and you just take what it is that you want from them, stick them into slavery, and, and the rest is, is history, as they say. Well, we're already being, you know, uh, censored on Facebook, censored on uh, TikTok. We're censored in the media. We're censored everywhere. And people, you know, and, and then if we're not being censored, you know, uh, news is censoring themselves. I mean, you know, so Fox News watches what they say now because it rolls downhill, you know, so the propaganda arm is very strong of the government. So you as an American citizen, Paul, you love your country? Yes. You love the yes. people of the country? Yes. What can we do, Paul? Well, it took over 100 years for them to get to where they're going. These people that are doing what they do do not love the country as it is. They have a bigger view, a world view, and they have an idea how they want to make the world out to be. And sadly, you know, some cases they might be right, you know, with the overpopulating and and they're trying to fix it the best way they can. But I think there's other ways that you can fix it without going to the stream of basically tricking them to take a shot that's going to kill them. So basically it's like this. They can start with like welfare. You have 10, 20 kids. They just keep giving them government checks. You can't do that. Okay. You want, you have a baby, you get a government check. All right. But now you're going to get this government check. Now you're going to get, you know, fixed. So you can't have no more kids. So the government takes care of the first one, but not the next 20. So to get that first check, they're going to have to get fixed. If a guy don't want to pay for his kid and get a job and pay for his kid, then he gets fixed. Okay. I can go along with that. Then me taking a shot is going to kill me. You know what I mean? So I'd rather them go to that extreme than go to the stream of fear and giving injections to, uh, you know, uh, my daughter who can't have a baby now because she got the, the injection and she can't have a kid because she's basically been, you know, fixed, you know? So there's, that's undercover, that's underhanded, you know, shit, if you ask me. So why not just come right out with it with hard, straightforward policies, you know, and limit, you know, one birth per married couple or something, you know? Well, I'll one say this. I'll, I'll say this. Ever since I came across uh, understanding and using iodine as a nasal spray, I have not had one issue. And... Uh, three of my cast members in the play that I'm doing, well, two, one possibly, but so two, let me, let me stick to this. Two that I know of have been vaccinated, have been sick. There's so many vaccinated people that I know are sick. They tell me that they're sick all the time. I got COVID. I got okay. COVID. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Because their body turns into a manufacturer of the virus. 
It's not a vaccine to cure the virus. That's where people get confused. It's not that. It is not that. It is an operating system. It's not a vaccine. It's an operating system that will be controlled by the 5G. Mm. All right. So now, uh, first of all, a vac uh, a virus is not a living organism. It's the mechanism that can be. If it's a virus, any virus can be cured with proper mega doses of vitamin C. It eats it up like acid eats up when you put something on hydrochloric acid, eats it up. Well, the same thing happens to a virus when you flood the body with proper doses of vitamin C. Now, the proper dose would be 12 pills broke broken in half and swallowed at one time. Then every two hours, you take seven more pills. You do that for a 24-hour period, you'll be completely healed of any cold, flu, H1N1, bird flu, pig flu, COVID, or whatever, Omicron, all put together. It's that simple. Well, Paul, what you going to do for the rest of the day, partner? Uh, kick back, relax. You deserve it, man. You look pretty relaxed right now. Yeah, try to. <laughs> hey, you stay safe, man. Take it easy and keep being a good citizen, man. You're a good dude, man. All right, take care, buddy. Yeah. Don't let the uh, don't let the uh, COVID, Omicron, and hey. Uh, get you. I'm not letting nothing, partner. I'm not letting nothing. And if you see anybody I know, you tell them I said what's up. All right, buddy. Take care. <laughs> All right, buddy.